Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I hope you are doing well today. Happy Thursday. We've got a great show ahead of you. Hey, just a reminder, the music in the background is from my buddy, Creekmore. It's a song called Precipice that he wrote to go along with my book, Remember God, that released in October. It's a super special song. I hope you've gone and listened to the lyrics and listened to the whole thing. It's just really, really good. So I hope you've gotten to do that. And thanks so much to Creekmore for writing that and creating it. And I'm just um, beyond beyond grateful. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Samaritan's Insurance and Prep Dish. I can't wait to tell you about both of them in just a minute. Today on the show is one of one of the legends of Nashville, truly. Like you may know her name or you may not, but I'm telling you she is a legend in this town. Becca Stevens is an author, a speaker, an Episcopal priest, a justice entrepreneur, and founder and president of Thistle Farms, which is a community of women survivors of prostitution, trafficking, and addiction. And Thistle Farms is just one of my very favorite um, product creators in Nashville. And uh, the Thistle Stoff Cafe is one of my very favorite places as well. And so Becca Stevens is the founder of all of that. And we sat down um, just this week and talked about her new book, Love Heals, and kind of where Thistle Farms came from and and how all this was born. And it is just beautiful. And as you are thinking about Christmas gifts and what you want to give your people, Becca has some great ideas for you that not only are beautiful gifts, but really matter so much. I know it's not quite Christmas party time yet, but we're kicking it off. We're talking about Christmas. So maybe we will quasi consider this a slow entrance. We're doing to do a long runway into our Christmas party. So get a pen and paper somewhere near you, how, wherever you are listening to this podcast, because there are about four or five times that Becca drops some quote bombs on us. So get ready. Here's my conversation with Becca Stevens. Becca, thanks for being on the show. Should I call you Reverend Stevens? What no. do people call you? Becca. No, but surely like you're... My kids call me mom. Yeah. <laughs> okay. My husband calls me, hey, you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, no, just Becca. Okay. Yeah. Becca, I will. Uh, only because you said to, but there is... I'm a big fan of giving honor where honor is deserved, and you are pastoring a lot of people and leading a lot of people. So there, you do have a title, even if you want, let me call it. Yeah. I mean, some people use titles, and it's just... I think for me, it's just like I want to connect people, and I want to talk to people. So I don't want, don't Dr. Stevens, don't yeah. Reverend Stevens, don't do any of it. Just yeah. Becca. Okay. Just Becca. Tell me how long you've been in Nashville. I've been in Nashville since I was about five years old. No way. You're like one of the unicorns. Mm-hmm. There's nobody here. You know, there were a lot of people here. And they all left. <laughs> all the people who grew up here left. <laughs> they just, just, it, well, it's just like, it's been, you know, so overwhelming mm-hmm. to see so many people come in. But my, we were from New York when okay. and my mom was 35 years old, she and my dad drove down to Nashville with five kids to start a church. No. Mm-hmm. That's why they came down was to plant a church. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. But then he was killed by a drunk driver that year. Oh, my gosh. And how old were you? Five. Oh, my so gosh. So she just got stuck in the South in Nashville, Tennessee with five kids, and she raised us right here. Did she remarry? Never. Really? Mm-mm. She said there was five reasons she didn't get remarried. Mm. I think she was talking about us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's like a widow with five kids and the biggest catch in the world. Yeah. But then she she ended up um, becoming a director for Community Center, did great things. So we had, you know, pretty deep and wide roots in Nashville yeah. pretty quickly. Do you remember your dad really well? 
No, I don't. Mm. That is so sad. Like, I don't remember him at all. Really? Mm-mm. That's so interesting. Well, I mean, five. A lot of stuff. I mean, I don't have a lot of memories from that age time right. of my life. I think I have images, but I think they were really from photographs. Like, mm-hmm. people show you these images and tell you stories. But, like, when I try to conjure him up, I can't do it. Yeah. So they moved here to plant a church. Mm-hmm. That is just something. And he did. He started St. Matthias. It was a mission in the Episcopal Church. Uh-huh. But then it, I mean, you know, it took on a life of its own. Does it still exist? Yes, but not in the same way. Okay. It, they moved buildings. The building where he, they opened it was on Knowlesville Road where Kroger is now. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And they moved way out uh, more, closer to Brentwood. And, okay. You know, but I mean, it, the congregation, yes, the the remnants of it, yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Are all your siblings still here? No. I have a sister that's here and her kids, um, but I have one sister who, um, she runs for the state of Georgia, um, works with kids, pre-K kids who might oh, need cool. extra um, help. So she does a lot of, you know, managing special education opportunities yeah. for little kids. And then my oh. brother is a Catholic priest, and he's in Baltimore. And then I have one other sister that lived here, but she died. How how did so many of y'all end up in such giving, serving ministry kind of jobs? Do you, did your mom tell you to? No, <laughs> yeah, we always did what she said. No, yeah. I think... <laughs> I really do think like one of the gifts in this world is when you can take brokenness and turn it into compassion. And I think my mom raised us not as resentful or like bad things, you know, just were too heavy for us, but it was, she had a lot of compassion for people and she did a lot of beautiful ministry in Nashville. And I think that's how we wanted to live. It's Mm -hmm. like, let's do something for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And it's a deep and beautiful life. Man, brokenness turned into compassion. Do you remember her saying, was it, it was just modeled? I think it was modeled. She was a really practical person too. Mm -hmm. And so she wouldn't like, she didn't develop a theology around that or she didn't, um, write a book about it. Right. She just lived it. She just you know? lived it. She, her people were farmers up in New York, dairy yeah. farmers. And that's, I mean, she was of the earth. Yeah. And yeah. so she makes sense that she, um, she never built a church, never built a cathedral. She would build a gymnasium for kids that were poor in North Nashville. And, you know, she would go, you know, started in the, in the community centers that she ran, the Meals on Wheels, to take food to the elderly, to give pris- Christmas presents to kids who were really poor. You know, just beautiful stuff, and we were along for the ride. Yeah. Wow. How do you model? I mean, I know all the ways you model that, but, like, as you were raising your kids, mm-hmm. would you say that out loud, or did you? Because I'm so interested in discipleship without ever using the word. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds right. like that's how you were discipled. Is that what you, is that what you tried to do? I love that idea of discipling without using that word because nothing would make your kids freak out more than to say, like, I'm trying to make little disciples. It's serious. <laughs> I'm trying to disciple you. They'd be, if my mom ever said that to me, I'd be like, get out of my life. Right. Mom, settle down. So the funny thing is, so I was in Nashville, you know, and so along with my dad um, being killed by a drunk driver, the guy that was one of the elders in the church began to sexually abuse me when right after that, six years old. Oh, my gosh. And it went on for years. So I had both these things happening in my life. I had to, like, real trauma and I had this real nurturing, practical, beautiful model yeah. and mother and realizing like that's where I want to live. I want to make a community that's safe, that's compassionate and this other stuff. You know, it, I don't want that to be my story. Yeah. So 
I thought, always thought about starting sanctuaries for women that were just beautiful and you could live there free and it could be long term and there'd be beautiful curtains and bed sheets, you know, just perfect for, for women who were struggling. And again, I think it really was that I knew what it was like to, to not have some of that stuff and yeah. safety and feel afraid. But I didn't do anything because I was like everybody else. I'm so busy. Right. I mean, that's the whole yeah. thing of this world is busy. Were you busy, dreaming busy. all this up when you were 14 or when you were 24? When I was probably, I was mostly dreaming it up after I graduated from college and okay. went to divinity school at Vanderbilt. That's yeah. where it really all came together. And I'd read about models like old, old school Benedictine models. Yeah. And I'd read about, you know, people like Delancey Street and like, we could do something really beautiful for women. But I wasn't doing that. I was really. I got ordained in the Episcopal Church, and I was going out and doing feeding programs, just doing what everybody else does. And I had two little kids. So when you ask me, like, how did I teach my kids? So the place we were doing the feeding program was out on the corner of 8th and Broadway. And it's where this old strip club. Well, no, it's an old strip club. I I love that you thought it was a church. I know. Well, I'm trying to picture (laughs) that intersection, 8th and Broadway. Okay. A strip club. There was a strip club there called the Classic Cat. Okay. And... Um, my kid, I had I had a four-year-old pregnant with a second one. My husband was on the road with Columbia Records. He was a music guy. Okay. Is a music guy. And um, I was trying to get my son that's four in the car seat, and I'm like trying to push him in the car seat. And he's doing that thing that four-year-olds do, which is arch their back oh my really, really hard. Yes, I've seen and it. I, I couldn't get him in the car seat. Yeah. And I realized he's looking up where that strip club is, and there's this huge poster of a woman that's dressed, I'm telling you, Annie, like just in the memory of a cat suit. Oh, God. And he goes, Mama, why is that lady smiling? And I'm like, Oh my gosh. It was such <laughs> a up. Heart, it was such a heartbreaking question. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's funny and it's also like someday he's not gonna ask that. It's gonna seem normal. You know, like in this city, if you drive from the airport downtown, you can see the world's largest adult bookstore right across that big roof. Yeah. You can see the sign for deja vu and it's not even a woman's head anymore, it's just her right. crotch and legs. Right. And that was the day I decided I'm doing this because I want my son to know that I love women, that I respect women, that he needs to love and he needs to respect women. So my son was raised in a community of women who are survivors of trafficking, prostitution, addiction. And, you know, he volunteered. He worked there in the summer in high school. He went on and he ended up being like his daddy and became a country music guy. Yeah. So we just opened up a brand new, beautiful cafe that yeah, you I've seen talked it. about. It's so good. And he wrote a song called Love Heals mm-hmm. this past year, and he came to the cafe, and um, Allison Krauss sang, sang background on it, and the women that helped raise him all lip-synced in the cafe, oh and they made gosh. a video. And it was like, he loves the women. Yeah. And I never had to use that word, but I know that because of the work, that I was able to do in that community. I trust that my son respects and loves women. Yeah. What was the first step after you had that moment in the car? Mm -hmm. You went, okay, I'm doing this thing. Mm -hmm. What'd you know you were doing? Because so many people have that moment, but Mm -hmm. then they don't know what to do next. Well, I just had to get a house. I knew how to do it. I knew, I mean, not- You saw the whole thing in your head. Like, well, I mean, people have been building houses- for years and years and communities for years and years. So the vision of it wasn't that hard, but the first thing I thought is I need a house. And then if I can get a house and get women in there before anybody knows what's going on, 
because it's a the radical part of the model is it's not a halfway house, it's not a shelter, it's not a treatment center because there's nobody that lives in the house with the women. Right. This is your house. Right. Come live free for two years, and we'll do whatever we need to do to support you. But that was that was the part that freaked people out. Like you're going to have five criminal women. Right living together, and you're not going to ask them to pay anything. You're just going right. to give them all keys and just say, have at it. And it was like, we're going to be the most disciplined, loving, compassionate women you've ever met. Yeah. And it worked. And so I found somebody that had a house on the street that I lived on so I wouldn't have to go very far. <laughs> and it was awesome, and it changed my life. Yeah. And it gave me hope. I mean, and like we were talking about brokenness to compassion, it was like I wanted I wanted to believe that love was healing and that women could recover and come together in community and that we as a community could do better by it. I wanted so bad to believe all that mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now, whatever. Yeah. 22 years later, man, I believe it. 22 years later. Mm-hmm. How did you find those first women to move in? Oh, my gosh, that's never hard. You really? know, Yeah, you say the word um, home in prison and say... Um, you're, you're welcome to come and live. So you just went to the women's prison and said, anybody who's getting out in the next couple of months, I got a place for you. Mm-hmm. And um, we went on the streets, met women. Now, I mean, I think probably since the first year or so we've had, I've never not had a waiting list of, we've opened up many houses. We have 50 sister communities around the country now. Oh my gosh, Becca. I know, and like 27 global partners. It's crazy, like, but the problem isn't finding women. The problem is that still there's so much more need than there is space. Yeah. How many houses do you have? Do you still run houses here? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we have um, five houses okay. right, in, in this community. Yeah. But there's about 220 beds total now. But there's about 1,800 women globally that work with the community because then, you know, once we got – it's that whole mouse <laughs> a cookie unreal. thing. Yes. You know, it's like once you get them in a house, then it's like – Oh my gosh, they're still dirt poor. Please don't talk about love if you don't care about economic well-being. Right. You know, so it's like, okay, now we have to start a company. It's something like, on average, the women that we serve are first rate between the ages of 7 and 11. Mm. I know, it's so sad. That's unbelievable. And they hit the streets on average between 14 and 16 years old. Oh my gosh. So to be a really safe work environment where you can make a decent living so you can pay back the courts and, right. you know, get your family back together. All that's, like, critical. Who's the woman that has kind of, you've watched her story the longest? Is there one? Oh, yeah, Regina, for sure. She was one mm-hmm. of the first five women, and now she's the national advocate survivor leader. She helps women all over the country. She helps sister communities get started. She knows programs. She was one I mean, of the first five. Mm-hmm. So we've been together 22 years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we look so bad now. And we kept going like we had no idea we were beautiful back then. <laughs> oh, get out of here. <laughs> Did she work out of the Nashville office? Mm-hmm. Okay. But like she was in Dallas. We don't always go on trips together. She'll be one place. I was in Poughkeepsie, New York, and she was in Dallas, Texas last week. But the week before that, we were together in Atlanta. You know, yeah. like we we get to travel together quite a bit. To, yeah. You know, either we're doing a fundraiser or we're going to speak to a group of people, whatever. In 22 years, she's been with you. Mm-hmm. So she's helped y'all start every piece of what you're doing. Every piece. Yeah. And led every piece. I mean, yeah. like, she made us start some of it. Like, yeah. you know, she's really, really pushy. Yeah. <laughs> I think I met her when I came and toured when y'all started making candles. 
Oh, I'm sure you did. Yeah. I feel like when you said her name, I was like, I think that's the one who showed me around when y'all started getting the candles over there on Charlotte. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So after the houses, mm -hmm. then you started the company and that was Thistle Farms. Mm -hmm. What year was that? 2001. Okay. So you'd already had the houses for 10, 10 ish years. No, we started yeah. the first house the in oh, no, like, 22. well, I started the organization in 95. We didn't open up the okay. first house until 97. Okay. And then we opened Thistle Farms in 2001. It was like four years later, something like that. When you started, what was the first product y'all made? Oh, we made candles and we first. made body okay. bombs. Okay. Um, it was called, at that point, it was called the Bomb of Gilead. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And then, well, then we started making bath salts and calling them Lot's Wife. Yeah. <laughs> and then a group of people that understand marketing said, take all these silly names off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. Like and just, can't. it's all about, just make it about the women and the products are, you know. And now it's grown to the largest justice enterprise in the United States of America run by women survivors. You are kidding. Mm-mm. Oh, my gosh, Becca. Well, I know that I see it in every single store here in Nashville. I mean, Kroger to the new partnership y'all have with Fashionable with the Christmas gifts. Mm -hmm. Y'all are doing that. We're going to show everybody about those. I mean, it's just it's just everywhere. Yeah, it's been an amazing team. You know, and I think the lesson for me, I just was thinking about this the other day. The lesson for me is about what we value. Mm. The whole thing. What do we value? And, you know, valuing women and valuing skills. I mean, just because you've been on the streets doesn't mean you don't have skills. Right. Um, one of the purchasing directors and one of the great manufacturing leaders, I mean, she was a street chemist. Yeah. I mean, she was making meth. Right. And that is very highly skilled. And it's right. like, how do you, like, value her and value her skills but translate it so it's healing and beautiful? Yes. And still honoring her. It's not like I'm empowering her. I'm recognizing she has skills I don't have. She has power that I need to recognize and love. But also, but in a community that is compassionate and healing, all mm -hmm. that can be used for the good. And then I think about the consumers and like, what do they value? Yeah. And it's like, they do value really beautiful healing products that are um, lavish and, right. and well-made. But they also, I think... There is value because they know the women that made it. Yes. Yeah, that's right. In 22 years, why have you not quit? It, there had to be days that you wanted to quit. I don't ever really think about that. Really? I don't really think about quitting. I think about growing and I think about new ventures. I mean, we've started, I think I've started six justice enterprises. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You know, like Under I Thistle Farms, there's six different mm -hmm, wings. More Back than a girl. It may be more than that. But like, you know, when we started the cafe, it was like, yeah. oh my gosh, people are coming to see us. We need to have a way so it's not awkward. Like you're just coming in the house. It's right, like, right. You right. want to feed them. Right, right, right. So we, you know, the cafe, that I never thought in my life about opening a cafe. Yeah. And who knew like all the laws around? Oh, codes. I can't imagine. Yeah. But for me, it's like I love I love the idea of like meeting a group of women and 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 coming together and thinking like we can do this yeah. we can do this. So I don't get I don't get bored. I don't think about quitting. I think about sometimes, um, you know, like I need to get better at this or I need to dream bigger about this. Like yeah. I critique myself, but I don't think about quitting. Okay, that's amazing. Even on the days where it feels terrible, you're like, how can no, we do this better? No, especially yeah. on those days, I don't. Really? Mm -mm. We've had some horrible days. You know, about 80% of the women graduate a two-year residential program and go on to do great work. But that means about 
don't make it. Yeah. And, you know, some of those days have been horrific. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, when you love somebody and you pour out a lot of time and effort and then, you know, they, the way we say it at Thistle Farms, women are first relapse over a relationship before a drug. Mm. So, you know, they'll get with some dude and then something horrible happens and then, you know, you're left to pick up the pieces. And on those days, uh, I think I feel stronger about, like, we got to keep going. We got to do this, right? We got to yeah. do this because um, it's life and death. Yeah. And I do believe that, you know, when we invest in women and we enable women, it's like we're healing whole communities. Mm-hmm. You know, that they invest back in communities. They heal their families and education systems. And, you know, it's it's really good stuff. And so when you rape a woman, it's like, raping a village you know Mm. i mean things fall apart so i think when that happens especially for a woman that's been in the in the program that we've been a part of it's like oh we got to do a lot better by more women we gotta you know one of the things we're thinking about now that we've never even done is we have a lot of women who go on and get married and they have babies after you know they come through the program and one of the big needs is okay we know how to date guys um we know how to kind of be in a relationship but this marriage thing clueless yeah and it doesn't matter if you go to premarital counseling like our relationships need work so we're just beginning to like okay we're gonna have week who knew that when you started thistle farms you were going to do weekends for um marriage marriage counseling marriage retreats that that's one of the biggest needs oh my gosh marriage retreats so if you know anybody that does marriage retreats i need some help okay hey listen we can do that you're telling the right crew because we will find you i bet crosspoint has somebody yeah yeah we do i I mean i've already got people in my head that we can connect you with oh my gosh um trisha do you know trisha justin davis they have a book called beyond ordinary yes yeah i mean that's what they do is marriage counseling Oh my gosh. And, and couples therapy kind of stuff. Call me. I know. We'll go. And listen, <laughs> I'm about to connect y'all today. So I'm just going to real quick interrupt this fun conversation and tell you about my friends over at Prep Dish. You've heard me talk about them before if you have listened to the show before, but Prep Dish is a great way to save time and be efficient in the kitchen. Eat healthy. You know me. I'm gluten-free, dairy-free. And so this is a great way to have those kind of meals that are real foods only. But you can also, if you eat dairy, if you eat gluten, if you eat all the things, they have that for you too. It's a stress-free, really tasty meals. And the owner, Allison, who I adore, is offering my friends, you guys, a free two-week trial of Prep Dish, which is awesome. You get to try it for free for two weeks. This is like a no-brainer. Just go to prepdish.com slash Annie. And if you ever need to use a code, just use my first name, A-N-N-I-E, in all caps, so Prep Dish is like a meal planning service. So every week you get an email with a grocery list and a prep ahead instructions so that all of your meals are ready for the week. There's no guesswork needed. You can let Prep Dish do all the planning for you. You don't even have to think about it, which is great for me because I'm just busy. It's not that I don't like cooking. I'm just busy and I have a crazy schedule and this is such a time saver for me. So after only like an hour, maybe a little bit more of prepping on the weekend, I have all my meals ready for the entire week. So um, make sure you go and try Prep Dish. I mean, why not try it for free for two weeks, right? PrepDish.com slash Annie. And your first two weeks are free. Again, that's PrepDish.com slash Annie. 
thanks to our friends and sponsors of this episode, Samaritan Ministries. At Samaritan Ministries, believers in Jesus are committed to sending financial gifts every month directly to an assigned member with a medical need. But there's more involved than money or mere physical healing when there's a need. And Samaritan members pray for each other and for every aspect of the need and encourage one another by sending notes and cards. Every month, more than 70,000 households give generously to other members with a qualified medical need through Samaritan Ministries. And it's one of the leading healthcare sharing ministries in America. And as a member, I can tell you that I am really enjoying it. It's members like me send checks and prayers and notes of encouragement directly to other members in need. Healthcare sharing is a unique opportunity for us to be hands and feet of Jesus to our neighbors and our friends. The Samaritan Ministries direct sharing model is a biblical approach to paying for healthcare based on Galatians 6-2. So currently, Samaritan members give a monthly share starting at about $100, depending on age and household size. And I love this, that no family is going to pay more than $495 a month, no matter what size your family is. Thousands of Christians are joining the movement that allows them to care for one another with their health care, sharing needs from broken bones to cancer, pregnancies, and organ transplants. Nearly a quarter of a million Christians have chosen a health care option that adheres to their biblical beliefs and brings together believers and community. So you can learn more at SamaritanMinistries.org. Make sure you check them out, SamaritanMinistries.org. The interesting thing I hear you saying, and I've been around your you and your stuff and your people and um, read your books, but is that when you see a need, you just go, okay, here's the new need. Let's do something about it. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, you also are like raising a family and pastoring a church. And how do you do it all? How do you do all this? <laughs> you just do what's in front of you in the day, right? Yeah. I mean, I think everybody's, that's what I'm saying. Everybody is busy. Everybody's day can be filled up. I, I think it's amazing. Like when I go on vacation, like I'm busy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not like just because you don't go into work. It's like I, we spent some time and we were on a hiking trip. I have three older boys and I was like, I'm busy because like I'm, I wake up and I'm thinking about our hikes we're going to take on this yeah. trip, planning out it on maps, then going to get food and packing the backpacks. It's like, I will get busy. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will, like, you know, like make a craft project, <laughs> clean out the refrigerator, I go to work. It yeah. So I think it's kind of fun to think about, like, kind of what are the priorities in the day and how do you fill it and not get right. stressed. How often are you at Thistle Stop Cafe? Do you go every day? No. no. I mean, I'm on the road a lot, too, because there's yeah. so many communities. So I would say I could probably go about once a week. And yeah. the pastoring thing, I've done that so long that we have a beautiful staff of people and I don't do tons of it. Okay. You know, I don't do tons of anything, really. Right. <laughs> you build it, and you get it running, and then you go to the next thing to build it and get it running. Yeah. And, and and I love the idea that you can have a whole community that, you know, that it's their vision, too. It's yeah. not like I think of it, and it has to be done my way, and then I move on. I think of it like there's an idea, there's a need, and you bring it to a community and something beautiful happens. Yeah. Explain the sister communities a little bit to me. So that means like there's a group in, the first one was in New Orleans. There was a group of people in New Orleans that were working with women who are survivors of trafficking and they wanted to open up a place. And we said, sure, we'll help you. So I sat on their board, their original board. We shared everything in the model with them. They opened up a place called Eden House. Mm. It's done really, really well. It's beautiful. And then we realized there was another group 
in St. Louis and another group in Wisconsin. And then it's like, we have to get organized. Mm-hmm. So we started having education and training days and inviting people to come in. And it's like an eight hour day. And you can hear from our program team, the cafe team, the social entrepreneur team and the residential team. And it's time to just share ideas. And then we eventually developed that into a network so we could be a network of survivors and advocates that provide long-term free bed and economic development for women survivors. Yeah. And the idea is that all of us can share grant language. We can share Mm -hmm. markets. All we can share all of it. Right. Because if I'm hearing you correctly, and this is something that a lot of people that we have to think about in my job. And I know a lot of people do that. There is either a belief that if I help everyone, it will rising tide will bring up all the ships or I will lose my spot. Mm -hmm. And we can either operate like helping people is will help everyone or we can operate like, well, I'm going to hold on to my information and keep it secret so that I always win. I know. And sounds to me like you're going like, everybody just have the info, like do for your community. We've already figured out this system. We're not, we don't know everything. We figured out the system. Take it. Right. And we're not trying to franchise it. We don't want a McDonald's model. It's that my whole belief is that Justice is a non-competitive sport. Oh, that is good. (laughs) You know, we have to play nicely together. Yeah. There's plenty of work. There's plenty of resources. There's plenty of markets. You know, like, it's hard. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's pretty lonely. And so if we can love each other and support each other, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So how many women have y'all had go through your program here in Nashville? Do you know? Mm -mm. Mm-mm. But I mean, it's... I mean, it has to be thousands. Mm, I don't think it is thousands. It's, I think it's a few. I think it's several hundred. Yeah. Because, you know, at the beginning, it was five women. Yeah. And then it would grow a little bit at a time. Yeah. And now it's about 30 women in residence. There's about 100 folks that work at Thistle Farms because graduates work there and they run departments. Right. right. But So Thistle Stop Cafe, if we're looking from across the street, is on the left. Do they, do they still make the candles right there on the right? And yes. Make all the stuff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how many women are employed at each of those places? I don't know. You don't know. A I lot. think a lot. <laughs> you know, I think, oh gosh, and this is just beginning the holiday season. So uh-huh. a lot. I just I just saw a couple of women I haven't seen in a few years, and they're all getting extra work there. They yeah. have they have other jobs now, yeah. but they come back and they do a lot of work. So do you see people out in the community all the time that that were part of the programs yes. before or their families or their kids? Yes. That, yeah. Yes, and it's like you go into Panera. Yeah. And you're like, hey, and then you don't know if you should act like you know them or not, right, like right, if they right. don't want you to. So it's like, but it's, yeah, that's the, one of the best things. And they yeah. tell you, like, they pull out their phone and show pictures of their children and how it's going. And It just isn't. One of the things, a friend we share, Barrett Ward, one of the things Barrett Ward always says is that educating and employing the women changes the whole family, like you said, that changes mm-hmm. the village. But you just think, like, man, if when the woman – is able to bring home money and able to budget and able to, I mean, it, it lets the kids get in school and it lets the kids have the right clothes and the right Right. supplies. I mean, it is literally what changes the course of the family. And I'm a big fan of dudes. And I think men really matter in the story too, but particularly when you're trying in this realm where it's women who end up a lot of times being a single mom, Yep, they need income. They need to be able to do it. Well, I mean, all the research shows that if you want to improve the life of a City, a village, empower the women. Yeah. They invest back. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, the research proves it over and over and over and over again. And I love yeah. Barrett. Yeah, I love Barrett too. Any of the best. <laughs> I love that. I mean, we are just so lucky. I feel really lucky that our town has both of y'all. Aww. That y'all are both here 
not only helping our community grow and change, but modeling for me how to do that well and modeling for our community. Because everybody knows Becca Stevens' name. Like everybody, like it's just, everybody knows Becca Stevens' name. <laughs> that we know you're the one who who started and who takes care of what I mean, that's, if I met someone on the street who needed help, I would call you or Barrett. And I just think that's- Oh, definitely call Barrett. <laughs> you're like, for real, Annie, call Barrett. <laughs> for real, call Barrett. No, you could call me anytime. Thank you. And, and I, I love, up. I mean, Thistle Stop Cafe, how, what is your favorite thing to eat there? It sounds so plain and it's so good, but it's a chicken salad sandwich, but yep. it's that kind of thing where they- Butter the bread and toast mm-hmm. it like um, really kind of pretty crispy. Yeah, and then just thick chicken salad with so a little bit of um, seasoning and yeah. lettuce. And I just, yeah. I mean, I could do that every day. Yeah. For anyone listening who has seen, I did a video um, for Mops, mm-hmm. and it's a video about having friends that you meet at three a.m. And I filmed it at this will stop. Oh, thank we, you. We did it there. So, when, so for those of you who are listening, um, when, if I have so much feedback about that video, and I always want to be like, "Do y'all know it's a, it's a Thistle Stop Cafe?" Because I loved that um, teacup chandelier y'all yeah. have. It's just incredible. So, what about though the other thing that's happened? Like, you know how the other when you build something, watching what unfolds is unbelievable. But yeah. we have a lot of Thelma and Louises that come to the cafe. Oh, I bet thinking because it's called Thistle Stop. No. Thelma and Louise like took that cross. That's way before your oh, time. Oh, you know what I'm thinking of though. No, you're thinking, I'm of, thinking of fried green tomatoes. Fried green sorry, tomatoes. Sorry, no. Keep going. I didn't know Thelma and Louise. Keep going. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. So we have like just it was just the other day we had two women from California took a road trip and their I think their last destination was Florida. They were going yeah. all the way across the country. We were like a destination stop. They wanted to see all the products from around yeah. the world. They wanted to taste our homemade teas. Yeah. They wanted to meet the women. And it was like, you drive a long yeah. way for a cup of coffee, girl. <laughs> that's right, that's right. I mean, that chicken salad is good, but that's a lot of gas to get here. <laughs> but it's so fun. And then, you know, they have their picture made yeah. out in front of the Love Heels sign and yeah. go stand in front of the, you know, the sculpture of, of teacups. But it was really fun to say, like, I can't believe we're a destination. yes. You know, go to the Thistle Farms Cafe and then go downtown to the Country Music Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, um, You'll see here in my office, I have Ephesians 3.20 on my wall because I'm such a believer in like, God just keeps doing more than we can ask or imagine. Do you feel that with from that day of your son not being buckled in his car seat to now? Yes. And I feel like all the time, like, you know, it's not the stories around the world that are so familiar now about you know, just the sexual violence about women and how mm-hmm. they bear it on their back. That's not what makes me weepy. Yeah. What makes me weepy is how kind people have been and mm-hmm. how generous people have been to us. I mean, it is, I'm talking about thousands and thousands of people. They could, they don't have to be nice to you. Yeah. They don't have to love the women in the community. And it's like, yeah. I just have, my whole life is full of stories of people being nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes, like, if I thought the news was really, when I swipe left on my phone, I would die. Yeah, yeah. But there's all these people making really good news. It doesn't get reported in the same way. Right. And I think, like, that's why I'm so glad you do, like, podcasts and people, you know, like, follow our story, follow my story on Instagram or whatever, yeah. and then share their stories. And it's like, we have to generate good news. Yes. Because it's so much bigger than we know. Right. Like, what people, I mean, we can watch 6 p.m. on a Tuesday night on the news, but what they aren't going to see is how many lives are just shifting in little ways every day at Thistle Stop Cafe or through making, because I think the other part is there's spiritual and educational training y'all do. Mm-hmm. So you're telling women the truth all the time. 
And I just think that I hope so. people, yeah. But I do, I think it's, we can't imagine it, but that's, you know, like, and people diss, you know, social media all the time about how it's stressful or there's, I mean, trolls and stuff. But yeah. like, that's not the world I live in. I yeah. live in this world where I get to see like thousands of posts yeah. that are like, you know, we're out speaking a story about how it is we can be brave. We're out you know, um, making new products, right. you know, for fashionable and we're doing this and we're doing this. And it's like, there's a lot of good news. Yeah. There's so much good going on. I know. How can people, if they don't live in, I mean, in Nashville, if you want to give Thistle Farms candles or products or any of that for Christmas, you can go just about to any store, but nationwide, they can go to stores, but can they order it online too? Oh for my Christmas gosh. Gifts? It's our favorite way for people to order is online because okay. that's jobs for women. They, they're, you know, women who are survivors are pulling those orders yeah. and boxing those boxes and shipping that stuff out. It is great. So fun. And you can get products from all over the world if you go online to our store because all our global partners, we warehouse all those products oh, so wow. that we okay. can we can put it all in one box and ship yep. it to you. Oh, I love it. Okay, what's the website? Thistlefarms.com? Mm-hmm. No, org. Dot org. Dot org. Thistlefarms.org. And you also have a book that just came out this summer, Love Heals. Love Heals, baby. Oh, listen. Okay, so what, I mean, Snake Oil, your first book was your story and more of how it started, Mm -hmm. right? So where'd you pick up with Love Heals? Love Heals is, it's like a, it's a beautiful gift book or coffee table book. And Uh it's filled with images and poetry and scriptures and really simple ideas and ways that love heals in a practical yeah. and daily way. So it was basically taking a look back on the 20 years and thinking about how can I organize it in a way that love heals through yeah. through the grieving. Love yeah. heals besides the still waters. Love heals on top of the mountain. Like all yeah. these ways that I've found that love heals and sharing it with people. So it's a beautiful, for me at least, it was a beautiful way to capture um, kind of the practical work we've been doing for a long time. Yeah. And so to me, I would think like someone looking for their mom or looking for their friend, mm-hmm. a candle and a love heals or a global gift and a copy of love heals, but they can get those from you too, right? You're so nice. I'm this serious. is so nice. Oh my gosh. Well, Becca, <laughs> there's a reason. I mean, I, I want, I really believe in what y'all do and I don't do that. I can't, I can, I haven't created anything like that. We all can do a lot more than we do, but I haven't done that yet, but I can sure tell my friends about you that. And so that is how I can help is I can make sure my friends know that you guys are really easy to find and I'm are grateful. and are really a great way to, it's the most fun part of this podcast is I get to introduce my friends to my friends. Mm. So I just Hi love friends. It. I know, right? You're, this is the problem. You're going to be stuck with them forever. We had a baseball player on last spring. And I mean, if my podcast audience didn't blow him up and just like every game they showed up, he heard people yell every game at him. They they would yell, that sounds fun. And Aww. he would text me and go, there was somebody else on the podcast at the game tonight. That's so, beautiful. That means so you have a beautiful, beautiful community. Oh, they're this. so they're the best. They are the best people. They are so sweet. So they're so I'm just warning you. Those cross country people when they start showing up and saying, "Hey, Becca, I heard you on that. Sounds fun." You all to be like another. Yeah, friend. come thumb on Louisa, y'all. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Okay, so what about for the men who listen? We do have some dudes who listen. How does it help them to help women? Well, you know, men love women. Yeah, yeah. So it helps them because yeah. them people want to love and they want to live into that part of themselves. But also, you know, I think men are a lot of the cause of a lot of the issues that we're dealing with. Prostitution was never just a woman's issue. Sure. Trafficking was never just a woman's issue. 
And so we need good men. We need good men to um, share stories, to stand up for and beside women, not to empower them, but to, again, to recognize their power. We need men who use our shave gel and body care products. You have skin too, men. Yeah, that's right. And then I also think it's like, I don't think we have done a, a good enough job, and I mean men and women, of like, you know, really saying like we have a part in why women have been on the streets. And so we have to have a beautiful and strong part of how women yeah. can be welcomed home. Yeah. For your men, I would say just be good, welcoming, welcoming, brave men who love women. I had a man, friend of mine, uh, we were in a group talking about pornography. Mm-hmm. And he said one of the reasons he quit cold turkey watching pornography is someone said, you understand that you're in the chain. Yeah. If you are if you are downloading images, you are participating in human trafficking. Yeah, and he said it just literally. He went, "I have never thought of that." He's younger, a college student. He said, "I literally had never thought of that. Mm-hmm. I had never thought that I was. I might as well have been a John Doe. I might as well have been, you know, actual trafficker because I was in the chain of that." And he was like, "And I, you know, it changed my life to hear mm. that." And I'm such a fan of men and women working together for the betterment of the community mm-hmm. and the betterment of the moving forward of culture. And I just think, man, this is a story that men can be involved with too and should be involved with. What I love about Barrett, right? Yeah, and we have men that are all over this. Oh, my park. gosh, yes. I know. They're everywhere. They work. I've seen a guy. Work, there's a guy that works at the cafe. Somewhere. There's two guys. One, okay, I was say, one I of the guys guy. is one of the sons of the women of a woman that went through the program. Really? Mm-hmm. He's our lead chef. Yeah. And then we have um, our CEO is a man. Yeah. One of about I think two guys both work in manufacturing. I mean, what does it make you feel when you start having gener- the next generation coming through? It's so beautiful. But I mean, that's how it is as a pastor too. Like you know. You marry somebody, and then you baptize their babies, yeah. and then you go to their baby's graduation from high school. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like when you've been in it twenty years. That's how it works. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I used to teach elementary school before I did this. So about fifteen years ago, I was a teacher of upper elementary school, and I got a text today from a student saying, "Hey, Miss Downs, can will you send me your address <laughs> so you can come to my wedding?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh, those children are getting married. Right, those people get old and get they get married and they." Start having babies, and it's just the most fun. It is. It's the most fun to watch. And 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 I know you said you know your mom didn't build a church or a cathedral; she built a gymnasium. But I think that my I wrote a book this year that called Remember God, and kind of one of the themes is the power of cathedrals and how they remind us of who God is. And I really think what you have built with Thistle Farms is a cathedral for us mm. that we can go back to and go look. That God does restore and redeem. You can go have coffee about it. You can go sit in a place that is employing women who have been restored and redeemed to remember that God is who he says he is. Mm. So you've built a cathedral for us here. That might be one of the nicest things so, anybody's ever said. Well, I mean it. I, I think that when I when I go there, I think, man, this is this is a living, breathing reminder. Well, I keep saying to everybody, too, like, it's the best volunteer job in the world is to go eat lunch. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because you just be in there. Right. Just yeah. go bring your Bible study. Come over yep. there and eat lunch, baby. Yep. Yeah. Do it. Elise Duggar, you know, Elise Duggar. Mm-hmm. Elise Duggar and I have been friends forever. And so she took me the first time, you know, Aww. five years ago, six years ago. And she was like, you don't have to do anything. Just come eat lunch. Mm-hmm. Just come eat and just come buy lunch here. And I was like, well, I can do that, you know, but she I do that did. almost every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do that somewhere. The weird thing is every day I want lunch, so I'm going to do it somewhere. Um, okay, so when people come to town, they can come over there. Yes. If they want the gifts, they can get them online or they can get them at stores. Are y'all carried in stores across the nation? Um, we're in um, Whole Foods. Yeah. 
That's about the only national chain that we're a part of. But a pretty good one because those people spend their dollars. Yes. So. They, they said it was called whole paycheck. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It feels like it. It feels like it. So what's next? What comes next? For me? Yeah. We're, um, I'm going to do a couple things in, around the country and then celebrate holidays and then yeah. head off on a more of a global trip. We're heading back to Rwanda. I love it to work with a group of women there we've been working with for 10 years so it's expanding markets there and then i head off to belize ecuador and mexico so Amazing. i'll be gone for a little bit can we watch all that on your instagram Will absolutely you be okay great tell me what y'all do that's for- a good reminder i need to get yeah. an international plan again <laughs> yeah you do i know good old at&t they work it out for us though it's so easy um what do y'all do for your women for christmas the bunch of stuff. Yeah. It's a lot. It's but there's a couple celebrations. We make baskets. We do um, gift cards so they can buy stuff for children. Yeah. You know, all, all the above. Yeah, that's so fun. And Just look I'm at sure the website and you can see yeah, all exactly. of it. <laughs> that's exactly right. It's all on there, people. That's love it. Yeah, we um, so on the podcast we do a Christmas show every year, like a Christmas party that goes show after show after show. So you're part of the Christmas party. <gasps> so we got to ask what we're doing for Christmas because this is part of the Christmas party. Wow. So I know it's so fun. I'm like, I, I mean, I'm an Enneagram Seven, so I'm always wanting to throw a party. So I'm like, let's call our Christmas shows a Christmas party. And then we can just party the whole month. So we Aww. had to know what y'all were doing. So And it, it gives us a good chance to tell people when you're looking for gifts, Thistle Farms will get you. Thistle Farms will get you because you'll feel good. The person that receives it feels like they've done something. Yeah. Plus, it's the products are amazing. I mean, it's this thing that's like how it's supposed to be. How it's supposed to it's be. It's when you love each other. It's pretty simple. Yeah. It's pretty practical. It is really inspiring. And it kind of makes me think back to when people made each other gifts like clothes or blankets where the person who received it felt so honored because there was thought and love behind the gift. And the person who made it knew exactly what they were doing. And we're doing that with love and honor in their heart too. And that's what, that's what y'all do too. Well, here's the thing is like, I've been on the road so much this year yeah. that I've like become obsessed with knitting socks. Look, <gasps> Did you? Wait a second. <laughs> oh my gosh. You made those? Made them, but I've made them for, well, I probably shouldn't say this now. I've ruined it, <laughs> but I've made, I've probably You've made have, a lot. I've got about 30 pairs to give away for Christmas to my whole family. And it's like when you said it means so much to me, it's like I have like I've hoarded them. I'm so excited. And it's like I know nobody's going to care really when they open it. They're going to like, you got me a pair of socks. And I'm like, I made them. I made those in the sky between (laughs) this city and that city. That's I've thought so much. My friend Amy Jo also has she flies a ton and I see her on Instagram always knitting on planes. Yeah. I need to do that because right now I'm playing like Candy Crush while well, I'm right. listening to podcasts. What a waste of my but life. But you can do you can you can do podcasts and knit on and the knit plane. socks. Yeah, that's the thing is I just always need something to do. I like to do something while I'm listening so my brain remembers. And socks are easy because they're little. Yeah, and then just go okay. 2019, I'm gonna do a pair. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you a pair. You're the first recipient, <laughs> Becca, of my first pair of socks. I'm gonna learn to knit. Can I just Google how to do that? It'll tell me. YouTube it, baby. Okay, YouTube. That's it. That's good. Hey, the last question we always ask on the show is, what sounds fun to you? What do you do for fun? Besides knit? Yeah, yeah, I think I just explained that. (laughs) You're like, Annie, I just answered. And I just did. It depends on if it's a really good day or a really hard day. If it's a really, really hard day, sometimes what sounds fun to me is being by myself on a couch and watching something like a rerun of Law and Order. Okay. You know, that sounds, and this really doesn't sound fun, but sometimes that's the kind of fun I want is yes. just like, just kind of just zone out a little bit and yeah. chill out a little bit. Yeah. Other times what really, really sounds fun to me and where most of my ideas are born is head out to the woods, baby. Yeah. I spend a lot of time in the woods and that always sounds fun to me. If you said go hike, I would 
drop whatever yeah. I was doing. And Where's go. your favorite hike around here? Oh, Percy Warner. Percy Warner. Right. I love it. I, see, I'm a Radnor girl because just because that's my side of town. But I love Percy Warner. But I can I can drop some major minutes at Radnor. <laughs> I just love it. I so can't. Do much. we see each other? Because I go out there quite a bit. Really? Well, I'm gonna look for you. Okay. Now we're gonna look for each other. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. This isn't the last time we're hanging out. No. That's for sure. Yeah. I just love it too. I think. I think we were meant to be outside more than we are. And so it just matters to me to like get out. And you're right. When you move, these ideas just come to your head. And I feel like I solve the world's problems every time I go hike. Okay, so Percy Warner, we'll do it. I'm Um, there. Thank you for doing this. Thank you so much. Oh, friends, I just adore her. I, I just... I am so thankful. So I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Make sure you check out thistlefarms.org for your Christmas gifts this year. And follow Becca. She is Rev Becca Stevens on Twitter. And she is Becca Stevens on Instagram. That's B-E-C-C-A-S-T-E-V-E-N-S. And as I told her, and as you know, once you guys become friends with somebody, y'all are into them. And I love it. So I hope you'll follow Becca. Thank her for being on the show. Make sure you grab a copy of her book and some Thistle Farms products and family of products to give this year for Christmas. Hey, if you need anything from me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. You know this. Annie F. Downs all over the place. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those things. And so if there is anything I can do for you, you know how to find me. I would love to chat with you. So next week is Thanksgiving. We only have one show next week, but it's a doozy with our friend Danielle Walker, the cookbook writer better known to you probably as Against All Grain. She's going to give us some great holiday tips. We're going to talk about all the places we're both going to be in the next six months and just all around have a good time. It is a great episode. If you're only going to get one a week, Danielle next week is a good one. So if you haven't subscribed to the show, go ahead and do that so you don't miss the show on Monday. It'll give you something good to listen to while you're traveling. And I hope you guys will go out and do something that sounds really fun to you today. I will too. Y'all have a great weekend and we'll see you Monday with Danielle Walker.